Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. This moment was a really big deal. It's when the superstar K-pop group, BTS, announced they're taking a break and pursuing individual projects. It sent the fans, the parent company, and even stocks into a tailspin. BTS is wildly popular. They've been described as a cultural juggernaut. They bring in billions of dollars even during the pandemic. Their music tops the charts around the world, and their fans rally around them in a way that few bands have seen before. BTS has been a huge economic and cultural win for South Korea. So now that they're taking a break, a lot of this is looking uncertain. When the band goes to the White House and takes, you know, basically selfies with finger hearts with with Biden, I mean, this is extremely important soft power stuff. Hannah Sung is a journalist and the co-founder of Media Girlfriends, a podcast production company in Toronto. She hosts a podcast called At the End of the Day, and she's also a big fan of BTS. Hannah's here to tell us how this band became such a cultural force and why they're important beyond the music industry. This is The Decibel. Hannah, it's great to have you here. Thanks for doing this. Oh, thank you so much, Manika. I'm really excited. So I know you are a, a huge fan of BTS. And so to start, I hope we can do a little quick lightning round of fast questions, just a few, just to get people who aren't such big fans of BTS kind of caught up on on who these guys are, okay? Yes, absolutely. It? Because being a fan is my only level of expertise. So yes, let's do this. <laughs> All right, this is perfect. This is perfect. So what does BTS stand for? Bangtan Sonyeondan, which means Bulletproof Boy Scouts. And how many people are in the group? Seven. And what are their names? Jin, RM, Jungkook. Oh, God. Now I'm going out of order according to age. This is going to be bad. Jimin, <laughs> V, Suga, mm-hmm. J-Hope. Nice. And what song of theirs would most people know? Like, what's a recognizable one? Probably Butter. Smooth like butter, like criminal undercover. Don't pop like trouble breaking into your heart like that. All right. So how did you react, Hannah, when you found out that BTS is taking a a temporary break as a group? In the moment, there was a bit of shock. I saw it on Twitter. I dropped it in my group chat. A lot of crying emojis. Um, (laughs) And obviously, I was kind of deeply disappointed because I had just assumed throughout the pandemic as my love for the band grew that one day I would see them in concert and that would mark the end of the pandemic for me. But then with that news that the group is taking a break from their group activities, I just kind of had to process that, okay, that's not the way the pandemic is going to end for me. And then, uh, you know, after a few hours, I just thought, Here they are taking a break at the height of their power and influence and success. Maybe we should all take a cue from them and recognize that we all need a break. And if they can do it, maybe we can too. Hmm. Yeah. So there, it sounds like there's a lot of emotion tied up here. 
There's also a lot of money at stake with BTS as well. What were the immediate ripple effects of of their announcement to to take a break as a group? Yeah, well, their parent company, which is called Hybe, uh, immediately experienced a loss of over 25% of their market value, which was one7 billion dollars US. Wow. And yeah, so I mean, they are an absolute force economically, right? As um as a company, but also to the South Korean economy. Um, it's been reported that the money generated by BTS and BTS related activities, you know, can actually move the needle on the South Korean GDP. And in fact, just this week, a songwriters uh, organization kind of said publicly, BTS, can you rethink your break? Because, you know, this has a, an economic ripple effect on the entire industry. If BTS ever wanted a way to justify taking a break, this did it. Because all the fans just kind of swelled up and said, how dare you let them have their break, you know? So huh. <laughs> can you just give me a sense of really how popular this this group is. I know they are incredibly popular, <laughs> but really how influential are we talking here? Hmm. Well, for example, right now, the Billboard charts, there's a, a world digital sales chart and there's 15 positions on it. BTS is in every single position. So that okay. entire chart is BTS. <laughs> Just BTS. <laughs> Just BTS. Okay. And it's the third time they've accomplished that. And, uh, you know, they have so many songs and many of them are streamed like over a billion times on YouTube, on Spotify, on the streaming platform. So, you know, not many artists are in the Billions Club, um, but BTS have done it many times over. And when I first took note of BTS and I thought, who's this band? I'm going to look them up. And I was searching them on YouTube and I found videos of them doing the late night circuit of American talk show hosts. And I found all these videos that BTS had done with Jimmy Fallon. And so I started to watch them and I quickly, it became so obvious that BTS didn't need Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon needed BTS. And more to the point, Jimmy Fallon needed BTS's audience. So BTS's power really comes from their audience. Hmm. So BTS, though, is just like one of many K-pop groups, even that, you know, that we know about in, in like the in North America, right, that have gained international fame. So what is what is it about BTS in particular, really, that makes it different from other groups? Well, I do think that BTS uh, themselves are very charming, very talented, very skilled but it's a lot of the stuff that they put on display that is the reason why fans love them. So they talk about how hard they work. You know, it's not meant to be effortless. Hmm. They talk about their anxiety and depression and their nerves. They'll be standing on stage at a global concert to a, you know, a, a packed stadium that is also beaming live to the world online and they'll say I'm I'm shaking right now you know I but I but I love this but I'm also nervous and they really kind of in this very articulate way verbalize the feelings that all of us have at various times in our life and in various situations they talk a lot about mental health and I think that it's no small thing that they're men and they talk about their mental health and they talk about their feelings and they show a lot of physical affection for each other. I just think that they are the future man as opposed to like the man of the past, you know, when we think about what masculinity, the type of masculinity we want to see in the world and the type of leadership 
So, yeah, there are many reasons to love them. But, like, let's not discount that they just sing and dance really well as well. <laughs> There's <laughs> also that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about the fans of BTS, because this, mm-hmm. is, this is a big deal as we've, we've kind of danced around a little bit here. The fans are actually called the ARMY. They are yes. really something else compared to other fandoms. Um, but how, how is this fandom different than, than what you would see for, for other popular bands? It's funny because when I started to like BTS, people said, oh, it's like Beatles mania, right? And I said, no, it's not like Beatles mania because my impression of Beatles mania is that it was kind of a one way street. The band performed and the fans, you know, showed their love. But BTS army is totally different. They're extremely active in the success of BTS the band themselves you know they will collectively mobilize to try and drive up sales and streams so that the band's songs can chart better even when Hybe had their initial public offering last year their fans bought shares I mean wow uh, you know yeah so the band or or the fans kind of owned own pieces of the band really and they are extremely active in terms of um, leading with their values and organizing themselves. So you probably heard about in 2020 during the American presidential election, there was a uh, an incident in Tulsa. Trump was having a rally and then a bunch of K-pop stands, including BTS fans, used TikTok to uh, collectively mobilize and reserve a bunch of tickets that they never had any intention of showing up for, thereby humiliating the president. I mean, I think that this is incredible. And I think that in terms of understanding the changing nature of power and where power lies, I think that BTS Army is so well organized and have somehow learned to be super well organized and are understanding the power of collectivity or of a collective action. Um, BTS themselves have also heard back from fans when fans are unhappy with them, which I think is actually very interesting. And this is something that really piqued my interest early on is that here's a group of young men who are teenagers in the public eye, and they've now grown into their 20s. And they're making mistakes, like life mistakes, left, right and center, writing songs that are sexist, you know, hairstyles that you would say are cultural appropriation. You know, a lot of their music stems from, like K-pop music stems from American black music, like um, New Jack Swing and R&B and rap. And their fans would hold them accountable and push back on them. And BTS would respond by doing different actions, by by learning and growing. You know, RM famously sought out a feminist scholar to kind of help him write his rap lyrics Mm. so yeah the fandom really holds the band accountable and hopefully i think holds each other accountable but sometimes it goes too far into what i would say is a mob mentality sometimes journalists and it's happening right now on twitter it's playing out sometimes journalists who have things to say that are not just glowing adulation will be totally targeted and harassed by bts fans and so this Personally, I just feel like is a way that our society is going to have to reckon with, well, what do we do with this power now that we have it, now that we have our phones and our and our social media and we can organize? Like, are we going to do this to individuals and target people? That is definitely playing out within the BTS fandom. Yeah. 
So, I mean, BTS is obviously important to their fans uh, and to the music industry more broadly. How important is BTS, though, to, to South Korea and its government? I only know what I read because I'm very much Canadian, but I'm interested in what's happening pop culturally in Korea. Uh, they're clearly extremely important to the government and to Korean people. I mean, you know, BTS became famous internationally almost before they were truly accepted and a big deal at home. But when it comes to leveraging, I guess, the cultural power that BTS really, you know, can harness, of course, successive South Korean governments are, are you know, forging a relationship with the band. The Korean government has put so much money into uh, the development of cultural exports, and they really support the arts as a means of soft power. So, you know, economic growth as well, and it's really paid off. When the band goes to speak at the United Nations, which they've done twice, when the band goes to the White House and takes, you know, basically selfies with finger hearts with with Biden, I mean, this is extremely (laughs) important soft power stuff. So I think that they are a kind of cultural ambassador, obviously. They have special diplomatic passports. They make a lot of money that goes beyond just their own company. But as I mentioned, uh, economically makes a difference to the whole GDP of the country. Um, So they're very important to Korea. And I think that they, the band, understand that also can hear them saying things like, you know, we really want to make sure that we're serving our Korean fans. We want to make sure that our songs are available on the Korean streaming platforms. And I think that BTS want to make sure that they thank their fans at home who have been there for them as well. Hmm. Let's pull on this this thread of, of soft power that you were talking about here just a little bit more. Uh, you also mentioned kind of the, the cultural exports of, of this as well. And K-pop is is one element of this, but we've also seen kind of, you know, films like Parasite or Squid Game, things that people really in North America got really into as well. What is the, I guess, the goal of exporting movies and music like this? Yeah, well, how's a country going to make money? (laughs) We're talking about a country that uh, when my parents left in the 70s was still in a post-war kind of state. Um, very much a developing country. Obviously, in just a few short decades, we've seen it completely be transformed. So the government has been supporting the cultural industries for decades now with that goal in mind of building those industries um, to create those exports. And it's definitely been successful. As K-pop fans and K-drama fans know, um, non-native Korean speakers are learning Korean purely through having a love for the entertainment. So that in and of itself is a cottage industry, the the learning and teaching of the Korean language. Yeah. So it's pretty well documented that being a K-pop idol is is a lot of work. Like the, the training the stars have to go through is pretty grueling. Uh, and, and in the video where BTS shared that they were taking a break, one of the members talked about the, the pressure that he felt to keep making music, that, you know, those demands leave no time for growth or, or maturity. What does that say to you about how much the public expects of these stars? Yeah, I think that in general, celebrity is just this crazy machine that can suck the lifeblood out of entertainers and artists. And it's really difficult. And I don't think it's unique to the Korean industry of K-pop idols. 
But there is so much that we've seen about that industry as well that shows us, you know, how hard these kids have to work and how cutthroat it is and how competitive it is. And in general, there's a lot of pressure uh, when you're living and trying to succeed with your career in, in Korea. And that's partially why BTS took off so much is that they wrote songs about that pressure and people really related to it. I think that a lot of BTS fans wonder about BTS, the human beings, like, do they have a life? I think basically they said in that video, no, they do not. So all this being said, what do you think is is in the cards for, for members of BTS now? Well, a lot of BTS fans have been wondering about whether they will do their military service, the the kind of mandatory military service uh, that men in the in Korea are meant to do two years. And there are some exemptions that can occur. And the, and the law was changed two years ago to extend the age kind of deadline to the age 30. So Jin, the eldest member of BTS, is about to turn 30. Is he mm. going to join the army, uh, the actual army? Not sure. So I think a lot of fans are kind of wondering about what's going to happen there. I personally hope they take a big, long break. They enjoy doing their solo thing and and that they come back and they do a world tour and that I get to go to it. But on their own time, you know, I would love to see their show. And I hope that when they when they get there, that it's um, because they're ready. Hannah, thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to speak with me about BTS here. Oh, my gosh. My pleasure. Thank you, Manika. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our summer producer is Zara Kozema. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>